Hello and welcome back to Ear Thoughts with me, Kieran. And me, Harry. This week we'll be talking about everything from current affairs, the European Championships this year, and a man in Australia for a weird conspiracy theory. Right, let's get into it. So, the first section is going to be on kind of what's happening recently, because quite a lot has happened over this last week. You say that, I don't know what a week is anymore. It's, what is it now? It's the second week of July? No, April? (laughs) Of July, I (laughs) wish it was July. (laughs) But I finally saw you for the first time in a long time. Yeah. So, and on Saturday, we, as a friendship group, met up for the first time in a while. Yeah. Outside, and... We were around a fire, and it's really nice. It's really nice to see everybody. I think it was the first time I'd seen someone that wasn't either a delivery driver or my postman in four months. Yeah, I think, I think the I think we were talking, and you said the last time you saw somebody was me, and I think it was in late December. Yeah, this I don't think I'd seen anyone else this year. See, I was what the first person outside of your direct family that you've met in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Well, I feel privileged. But <laughs> so now I think kind of as a group we're going to try and organize something every so often so we can all remember what each other's faces are like. And yeah. also uh I think is it pubs and restaurants open soon outside? Monday. Monday. Oh, is it Monday. Open. It's really that. Yeah. So I think we were talking about booking somewhere, weren't we? Yeah. Which will be nice. Yeah, we were. And I know a bunch of people recently have been advocating for um, going... When you have the chance to go to a pub, go to your more local pubs because they've obviously been struggling a lot more than, like, brands. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what we might do. But I'm not really sure where we'll go. But either way, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it kind of relates to a wider point as... Some are saying that these are so-called irreversible changes, right? And we've kind of been through this process before of things opening and then we thinking it's all getting better and then all of a sudden it's back to stage one, right? Yeah. But hopefully this time they will be. Got Touch wood. Thing, fingers crossed. Touch wood. Yeah. Was it throw sand over your shoulder? Is that actually... a is that is that the second part to it, or is that just another one? It's just another one, I think. Throw sand over your shoulder. It's something like that. What, do you think they do that in more sandy countries? I know, there's that one, Lucky Rabbit's Foot. Um, I don't know, there's all sorts of weird superstitions. Is the horseshoe meant to be lucky? Yeah, I don't know how. And the four-leaf clover, that's a classic. Yeah. But hopefully you... Me, myself, and I was gonna say myself and yourself, but yourself and I um, won't go for four months without seeing anybody again. Oh, trust me, that won't happen. We'll end up moving in together somewhere if it goes back into lockdown. Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. But what's been happening recently is one of the big things that I I thought was a huge thing is that your West Bromwich Albion team won at the weekend. <laughs> Yes. Quite remarkably. Yeah. Well, you say at the weekend, this is going out next week. So, come that weekend, we'll have lost again. 
I but, don't know. You might be on a roll now. No, we won't be. But I remember because I was on a walk at the time, and I thought, oh, I've not checked the football today, so I checked in. I said, West Brom are winning four-two in the seventieth minute, and I was <laughs> yeah. thinking, what on earth is going on? Well, I I thought, was it who scored the second one? Uh, Mason Mount, and he scored the second one. And I thought, that's our game down the pan. We're going to draw this four-all because I've seen it happen before. And then the fifth one went in, and I was like, okay, maybe we've won this. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe because I know when Leeds played Chelsea early in the season, they completely outplayed us. They were really, really good. Yeah. And, and we've beaten. We I think we've done the double over you this year. Oh no, we've, we've uh, beat you five 0 in the last game of the seasons against you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but we're just, we're unbeaten against Chelsea this year. And that's pretty remarkable. Saying you, I think you need still quite a lot of points to get to safety, don't you? Uh, if the I don't know what the sort of statistic is. If the table finished now, we'd be three wins away from staying up. Um, I think Newcastle are eight points ahead of us. Who are See, I, th- I think Newcastle will go down, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's just... I, I think Fulham might be able to claw it back. And I yeah. think the last game of the season, Fulham versus Newcastle, is a huge game. Yeah, because I was looking out of interest. Newcastle has about a 50-50 split of who they're likely to lose against, who they're likely to win against. Same with Fulham. Ours is about 80-20, who we're going to lose against, who we could win against. Yeah, I think it's... um. I th- I, I See, I didn't see Sheffield coming bottom... At the start of the season, I was talking to somebody and I, they said, who do you think is going to go down? And I was thinking, I don't know, I thought Fulham would go down, I thought West Brom would yeah. probably go down. And I was thinking like Newcastle, your Brightons. I didn't see Sheffield in the bottom like seven. Yeah, I, like every pundit put them like finishing bottom three. And I thought, well, they've just come, what, seventh or eighth. Yeah. How on earth are they going to do that? Then I remembered that we came eighth and we finished bottom. So... And Leicester came 17th and then won the league. Yeah, so... But in some sadder news this week, um, I don't know if you've seen Friday Night Dinner. I have, yes. But Paul Ritter passed away today from a brain tumour, which was quite upsetting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Because he's obviously quite a talented artist. Yeah. Which is a shame. It's not the first cast member that lost either he lost both the grandmas over the past year or so I, n- I, I know they lost one of them I didn't realise they'd lost both of them I think they lost the other one as well yeah so, so I think it's different it I'm not sure if Friday Night Dinner's going to carry on I don't think it will it was 50-50 whether it was anyway I think now they can't continue without him because it's, it's so difficult if you're doing a sh- doing like a television show or a, a movie and one of the big people passes away yeah yeah I'd, he's too key of a member for them to carry on it's a bit like band struggle if the either the lead that one of the lead people die so the reason i think the rolling stones have carried on so long is that mick jagger is still alive and keith richards is still alive i mean you the say same, the still same with alive. the who they look I, like they've been dead 20-odd years. I, I don't know. I saw them 
what three four years ago and they're actually really good but yeah i think i think it's quite i i think it's upsetting well, the thing that hit me is that he's the same age, he was the same age as my dad yeah so that kind of plays on your mind a bit you're like oh crikey yeah well, my i think my mum's a couple of years older than him that's just a lot of the times it's luck of the draw though isn't it there's not much you can do about a brain was it a brain tumor he had yeah i think so uh, like what can you do to prevent that yeah it's a, it's really unfortunate but i think obviously our ear, ear thoughts as thoughts go out to to Paul Ritter's family but enlighten issues um it's the euro 20 20 this year isn't it yes you 2020 and 2021 yeah so i'm not sure why why haven't they renamed it to 2021 because they then need to hire new graphic designers and publicity teams and they probably forgot <laughs> but i just so we're obviously big football fans and i wanted to know what you think England's chances are. How how far or not far do you think they'll do in the European Championships? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, we went, we had the Euros what, five years ago now where we were awful. Then we had the World Cup where we weren't awful. Uh, before that, we had the World Cup where we were awful that we had the Euros where we weren't that awful but still a bit awful um, See, then we had the I World think... Cup before that where we were decent so I think it would be one of either ways, it will either be really good or really bad I think as long as we get out of the group stage I will personally be satisfied right? I'll be happy with it... that as long as we don't lose to an absolutely awful team I think it's depressing when you don't get out of the group stage as, yeah. as a t- as a team that's supposed to be one of the found well the founder of football and won the World Cup in the past and if you can't get out of the group stage it's it's quite I don't know and it ruins the rest of the the Euros you know yeah yeah but, I mean I don't tend to watch it after England get knocked out which for some years is a lot a lot longer than some other years yeah I I mean I think. The issue with the World Cup, where we got to the semi-final, I think we had a, a less difficult run to the final than a lot of other people did, which is why I think we got so far. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the, if we'd gone to the other side of like the grid, the the teams in there were significantly harder teams, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I think the England team right now, I think it has a bunch of good players in, right? But I think I would. Str- I was trying to figure out who I'd play, and I think there's that many quite good players that I'm. I'm really unsure on who I'd actually play in my starting eleven. Yeah, it, it's a difficult thing. I mean, especially goalkeepers, because um, that's the sort of talking point at the minute. Because you, you've got a, you saw Sam Johnston get his maiden call up uh, for the World Cup qualifiers. Um, and I mean, I'm going to be slightly biased here because he's a West Brom player. I'm a West Brom fan. He does have the most saves in the Premier League at the minute. Um, of course, Pickford was injured, so he couldn't play. Um, then there's Pope as well, who's uh, plays for Burnley, but Burnley is struggling. 
but then you play Henson, who's not really getting game time at United. So, I think. See, I think I think Pope is a really good keeper, right? His distribution though is struggling recently. Yeah, yeah. And and I th- as much as I think Henson's a really good goalkeeper, I think the lack of playing time at United could cost us if we start him. Yeah. But then again, I've really gone off Pickford as well because yeah, he he makes too many mistakes for Everton. Yeah, I just so I think I was so for playing Pope, but then I saw Pope play and he and he's he obviously he didn't do that much because it's difficult playing certain teams when they don't have a lot of shots on target for a yeah. keeper to actually do well. But the one thing that you could judge him of on was his distribution, and it really wasn't the greatest. No, but. I think I'd probably still back Pope, to be honest, I, over the other keepers. See, I would... I mean, I'm, again, it'll be biased me saying I'd back Johnston. Um, but I do I do think he'd be really good, because he's, he's got more... How do I put it? He's a bigger build than Pope. So he, yeah. he's in a world of like mental tactics, he'd probably be a bit more daunting in goal. He does have the most saves in the Premier League. Um, And, I mean, personally, I don't think Pickford's good enough. I think Southgate will probably still start him. Um, I don't... Henderson, again, it comes back to game time. There are rumours Solskjaer wants to start him over De Gea. So I think if he gets a decent run... In the Premier League, he'll have the experience. Not saying he's not experienced, but it's like if you put not playing games every week. Yeah, it, plays. if you put Joe Hart back in the starting lineup, he doesn't play week in week out. So I don't think I'm not saying he's good enough anyway. Um, but realistically, I think starting you should have someone that plays week in week out. Which in that sense, if you go against the keepers we've got at the minute. Um, it would be between Pope and Johnston. And I think if you go on statistics, Johnston would be the better starter. Then you, you've got to look through the rest of the league um, of English uh, goalkeepers. Uh, you've got Alex McCarthy as well. He's still available. Uh, ben Foster playing for Watford. He could potentially be called up if needs be. Aaron, I mean, Watford are flying, really. Yeah, Aaron Ramsdale at Bournemouth. I mean, he didn't perform the best in the under-21s, but... Uh, the under-21s didn't do the best, though, did they? No, they did got... they lose all three? Uh, I think they won one, but they got knocked out. But um, I think... Another two I West Brom think... players in that squad, by the way. Yeah, I think as well... I have an issue with the right back as well because obviously we have quite a few decent right backs as well. Yeah. I mean we've got Walker at ro- at right back. We've got Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. We've got um you've Kieran got... Trippier at right back. We've yeah. got Reese James at right back. And you've got the 50-50 and Wan-Bissaka as well. I know and I, I was just who do you choose in that situation? Like well I'd take Wan-Bissaka off the table immediately. Not because he's not talented. I think he's a great footballer. But I don't think he's dedicated enough. Because you've seen him. He changed from Congo to England. Now he's changed back to Congo. People saying he deserves a call-up. Whether he does or not. I don't think he's got the dedication for allegiance. But surely you could say that about Declan Rice. 
because he played a friendly match for the Republic of Ireland, and now yeah. he's an England player. Yeah, yeah, I see that completely. But it's like you have Irish in you. Would you take Rice back to play for Ireland? Well, Rice can't play for Ireland anymore because he played a competitive match for England. But if he could, would you? Well, I don't. Going I don't on, have any. Going on him saying he wants to play. If he played, he played the friendly matches. Then he said, "I want to play for England." Then he goes back to playing for Ireland. Would you want him to play for the team? No. That's the exact same situation. Wambasaka started playing uh, under something games for Congo. Then he started playing under something games for England. Now he's not gone a while without getting England call. He said he wants to play for Congo again. I just can't believe that the rule is on competitive matches, not on just any matches. Because I, I'd think if you put the jersey of a different national team on and sang their anthem and then played for them, and then all of a sudden you're playing for a different nation, it just it just doesn't look the best, does it? No. I mean, the same can be said about Grealish, because didn't he play a few friendly games for Ireland and switch to I, England? I, I just think it's completely nuts how you can just be so nonchalant with the fact that you're swapping national teams. I mean, yes, it is only football, but it's more of a principle, isn't it? You're like... I, I don't know. It's difficult to explain. But I think Rice played particularly well against Poland, I think it was, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But, I mean, but we I, didn't I, have a full team. We had quite a few players out injured, quite a few unavailable. And I, I think... We struggle, um, I mean, we're just two football fans, right? And we struggle to put together a starting eleven. We probably could, but then at the same time, I'm thinking, like, there's Grealish, there's Mount, there's uh, Foden, there's Bellingham, there's Kane, there's all of these really good attacking players, and there's just not enough space to fit them in. Yeah. And I I struggle, because I think, oh, I'll, I'll have Foden, because he's playing for Manchester City, we're flying, he's playing well for Manchester City, and then I think, but also, I quite like Grealish, because obviously he's playing really well. Well, apart from being injured, he, he plays quite well when I see him play. Yeah. And I think, if we're struggling, I bet Southgate is really struggling. I mean... Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but you have to bear in mind, Southgate works with him day in, day out. He'll be paid to sort of watch the games, analyse what they can do. Um, we just drink heavily and criticise them. <laughs> but I think I think England will get to the round of 16, is what I'm going to predict. I think they'll be able to, I've seen the group, and even if they don't come first, they should come second in that group. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ambitious. I'm going to say we make it to the final. You think we're going to make it to the final? No. Who do you think we're going to pull in the final? Oh, Belgium. Guaranteed. You think Belgium are going to win the Euros? Yeah. it'll be. I guarantee it'll be either Belgium or France. See, I'd always put Germany up there, because I think Germany are just a pain to try and play. Yes, but they've struggled. They've really struggled in the past year or so, and with Joachim Lowe going, um, they lost against North Macedonia, which is that only their other third loss in group qualifying stages for the World Cup. Um, I don't think they're going to do that well. I can see France winning. Yeah. And and the thing about Belgium is that Belgium always seem to have a really good team, and yet I always back them to do really well, and then they never really seem to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who do you think is going to be sort of the undercard? Who do you think is going to be a, a little surprise in the Euros? Oh. Who do I think is going to... I think Norway will do well. Yeah, actually. I can see that. I think they've got quite a strong side. And not just because of Haaland. I think the rest of their teams actually come a, come a, come along a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think I think Turkey might surprise us. Turkey have a very good team. And I think they could actually surprise. I wouldn't go as far as saying they could win it. But I think they'll but, definitely... But they might. They could be a bit of a giant slayer. They could, yeah. I don't know, knock out somebody you think... They could knock out, I don't know, us. <laughs> no, I, I won't put it past them. Or they could knock out Germany, and we'd all be like... <gasps> Yeah. Because it's like, obviously, Germany. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be interesting. Um, Spain Spain could be an interesting one, because they, they seem to be a bit Marmite. They're either really good or really bad. I think the yeah, same can also be said about Italy as well. They went on a run, didn't they, Spain, when we were a bit younger, where they just kind of won. Yeah, I think they had... They win three tournaments in a row. I think, they had sec- or... I think they came second at Euro 2008, won 2010 World Cup, won 2014 Euros, then performed really poorly at the 2016 World Cup. 2012 Euros and 2014. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm at. So Euros, who won the Euro 2008? Oh no, Spain won it Euro yeah. 2008. Oh, was it the other way around? And they also won it in 2012. Oh, well, it, and 2008 then, didn't matter to us because we didn't qualify. And then they also won the 2010 World Cup? Yeah. So they won three major tournaments in a row? Yeah. And then... And then what's happened since then? Germany won in 2014. Yeah. Was it France that won in 2018? Uh, I'm not... I think they won the World Cup, didn't they? Yeah, that was 28. I'm not sure who who won the Euros. Oh, Portugal, that's right. Yeah. See, I don't think Portugal will do that well, to be honest. I think they could struggle, yeah. But I think that's probably enough football for this week. Well, no, because... uh, No. We've we've guest-appeared on the 4-4 Brew podcast when this goes out. Oh, really? Yeah, when this goes out. Yeah, I think we might have actually. It's Thursday. No, we definitely would have. It's Thursday, it's on Thursday, Thursday isn't it? Yeah. Although it's so, saying that they might put out next week. I don't know when it goes out. But yeah, Harry will do the plug for them now. Yeah. Um, the, imagine that bit just longer and with alcohol involved. There yeah. Go. Can't wait. Yeah. But Keep, keeping it blunt and keeping it straightforward. Um, so you can go follow see, them I think, on social media at four four brew. Um, looking forward to it. it. It's a good podcast. I, I, I think do enjoy it. With football and our podcast, I think some people all listen to the football bit of our thing who are also fans of football and think it's really interesting. And then some people who are t- who don't really like football will be, will be like spamming the fifteen seconds forward just to try and get past it. My first radio show I did. Um, we I we introduced both ourselves and spoke uh, like where we came from, what we did, 
Um, I think we had like a five-minute bit about football or something. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I could check my notes, but they're on a shelf. Um, and someone said afterwards, I started listening, but then football came on and switched off. So, some people clearly like and some people clearly don't. But I suppose that's probably the same with a lot of subjects, isn't it? Like, yeah. If it, like, yeah. one of our big things is we do a conspiracy every week. Well, if you're not that interested in conspiracy theories... Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a massive... Uh, nor like you, nor lighty. Uh, yeah, talking conspiracies. Yeah, you're on it. I am like a car bonnet. Um, yep, it's my turn this week, and see, I had a dilemma this week because apart from the fact I'm bogged down with work, so I was thinking all day what I was supposed to be working. Um, what what shall I do? You know, what well, I could do this. You got really confused by the Mary Celeste. Shall I do another one of them? Oh. So. <laughs> I went through some of them. Um, I was thinking, oh, I could do the USS Cyclops, uh, which was a it was a massive freight transport ship which disappeared in 1918, uh, never been found. Um, then I thought about doing Flight 19, which was a World War Two uh, training flight of about 14 bomber planes, um, disappeared off the coast of Florida, never been found. Um, you can tell the trend here. Uh, then I thought Amelia Earhart. Uh, disappeared in the 30s yeah. on a world... Uh, Let it? me guess. Was she never found? Correct. <gasps> um, but instead, I chose an Australian uh, who's never oh. been found. Oh. Um, and I know you spent some time in Australia. Uh, yeah, I spent uh, <laughs> 10 months there when I was a wee, wee boy of, I think it was 11 I was. Yeah. So this is, and this isn't just any Australian, this is the Prime Minister of Australia uh, who disappeared when swimming near Portsea in Victoria. Um, right. So there was a massive search operation. Um, of course, there will be for a Prime Minister. Um, body's never been recovered. Uh, presumed to have died. Um, oddly enough, memorial service was five days after. So right. it was a very quick memorial service. So, yeah. Um and so he is obviously as it goes in politics he was initially replaced by sort of caretaker. Um Prime Minister is uh, John McEwen uh who uh was also the I think he was Liberal Party. Yeah, uh, Howard Holt was Liberal Party. Uh, John McEwen was Liberal Party. Uh, then John Gorton uh, won the next uh, leadership election after John McEwen um, then replaced him. Um, but yeah, no one really knows what happened. So right, basically, uh, Holt was he was a very established swimmer. Um, so you often went swimming in the ocean, so not nothing out of the ordinary there. Um, he got up early on the 17th of December. Uh, he had breakfast, phoned his wife. He then drove to a local sort of corner shop, general store, uh, whatever you call it, where you're from. Um, bought a few 
Odd items when you put them together, really. Uh, it bought some insect repellent, peanuts, and the weekend newspaper. Um, but it was reported that his doctor had advised him to swim less. Uh, right. But that was reported in the newspaper, so it's unknown whether Holt had read that um, and, say, decided to go out, prove him wrong, um, and calm got him. Um, so... When he returned home, uh, he made plans for the rest of the day, which uh, included going to a barbecue lunch, uh, afternoon spearfishing trip. Um, but in not long after, uh, quarter past 11, he set out to Point Nipan, uh, where they hoped to watch, uh, him and four others hoped to watch uh, circumnavigator Alec Rose pass through um, the rip which is a sort of triangle area um, near Port Phillip Bay. Uh, he was accompanied by a few, a few other people, a few friends. Um, and they only stayed a short while because uh, it was a hot day. The boat was barely visible. Um, but on the way back, he suggested stopping for a swim. Uh, it was about an hour late, about quarter past 12, because um, he wanted to cool down before lunch. Um, so he knew the area well. Um, he'd swum there many times. He'd salvaged a porthole from a sunken ship. Um, that actually gave him the beach its name. Um, interesting fact all there. Um, didn't hesitate entering the water. Um, got straight in. Uh, only one of the other group uh, swam, um, as the other others considered it unsafe. Uh, he stayed quite close to the shore. Um, Hulk swam deeper, though, and so he dragged down to sea. Um, as people tried to call out to him never raised his hands or anything so he disappeared um, and of course someone of this sort of uh, calibre uh, massive search um, was put out um, the police, the army uh, cadet school everyone nearby came in uh, something up to about 50 divers I believe um, went out trying to find him nothing um, so of course uh, things after sort of succession if issues trying to get uh, all the politics because someone disappearing alone is difficult to handle the Prime Minister disappearing that's something else um, but to this day no one really knows what happened um, some suggest it's suicide um, sort of going out doing what you enjoy so you obviously enjoy swimming uh, so going out and drowning yourself people suggest that's possibly a way he could have seen it as an easy way out um, but of course some of the conspiracy theories are a bit, how do I put it um, more wild which is what we like um, so uh, of course there are numerous ones uh, most involve a cover up in the government Right. so some claim he was assassinated by the CIA um, because he intended to pull Australia out of the Vietnam War. Um, right. <laughs> which is one of them. Uh, some also suggest that he was killed by the North Vietnamese, uh, who I think the US were fighting the Vietnam War. Um, but, but so he's killed by the North Vietnamese, even though he's meant to be pulling them out of Vietnam. Oh, yeah, these are different conspiracy theories if you put all oh, these right, together okay. it just would not make sense yeah <laughs> um some say faked his own death to be with a lover 
Um, some claim he was a spy for China and he faked his death to defect to China. Um, where he was grabbed by scuba divers when swimming underwater, taken to a waiting submarine, um, and has lived the rest of his life off in China. Um, Sounds quite far-fetched, to be honest. Yeah, um, especially when his wife came out uh, not long after, saying he didn't even like Chinese food. So. Oh, I strongly disagree. Chinese food rocks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think probably what's just happened there is that he's gone out and he's accidentally drowned. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, it, I mean, it was probably that he was just swept out to sea. Um, he was advised because not to swim. He, he was, he wasn't old, but he was getting on. Um, so it could have been he just had a heart attack, um, possibly when he was out swimming. So, who knows? No one will ever know. Uh, I just think fine bones. What? What? I don't think it's this theory. Well, this conspiracy, right? The the thing that gets me is not the fact that he's disappeared right because i think he probably is just unfortunately drowned right yeah but i can't believe that it's the um prime minister of australia has just kind of gone swimming and died i was just thinking if that happened in the uk i i just can't comprehend it you know well i think in that sense you have to also think of the timing uh so of course this was the late 60s so it was a lot more like the Prime Minister was just another member of the public. As such, there was a lot less security. Um, I think you, if you think around this time, I think uh, this was sort of period like in the UK where the Cray twins were around, um, who were a pair of gangsters. From, Dynamic duo. Yeah. Um, kind of, they led a, basically a crime syndicate, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and a lot of that included, uh, not necessarily the crime syndicate, um, but a lot of people they were they frequented with in their nightclubs um, were politicians. So it there was a lot more, a lot more drama hidden then. Um, and Whereas nowadays, uh, one's private life is out in the open as a member of the government or parliament. Yeah, it, it's a lot more. It's a lot more you, a lot more in public eye. Um, you don't necessarily have as much of a private life. It's all just yeah out there and you're gone. And I suppose that's both good and bad, isn't it? Because I suppose you are accountable to the people, but then again, it's one's private life, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of two pronged thing. Yeah. But yeah, so. An Australian, I can't, I just can't believe it's the Prime Minister. When he said at the, at the start, basically, we go through what we're going to talk about. So when I do the introduction, I can give it a brief summary. And I go to Harry's. Oh, so what? Basically, what's the vague idea of this conspiracy this week? And he goes, a man. And I was thinking, well, <laughs> and he was like, right, an Australian man. And I thought, okay, I'll say an Australian man. It turns out to be the Australian Prime Minister's gone swimming and disappeared. Yeah. I'm actually baffled, but not in the same way that I'm baffled with the Mary Celeste. The Mary Celeste baffled me because I couldn't comprehend what had happened. 
This baffles me because I can't believe it's the Prime Minister that's that done it. Yeah. If it was anybody else. And I, I can't believe that they did this massive search thing and the memorial was, what, five days later, did you say? Uh, something like that. Let me find the exact date. Uh, it was held on 22nd of December. He disappeared on the 17th. Yeah, so five days after. So five days after they hold a memorial. See, I thought they would search, but I suppose there's a lot of issues with trying to search for a body in quite a choppy area of water. Yeah, and you have to think this was, again, it was the 60s, so you didn't have as much, um, like you want to have had technology. As, yeah. yeah, you want to have had like thermal cameras being able to search. Um, it wasn't a particularly islandy area. Um, if you went. Maybe fifty hundred miles down the road. Well, fifty hundred miles east. Um, there was a lot more sort of smaller islands off, which you could have justified. Uh, maybe he washed up on, and he was sort of camping out there. Um, this was on the edge of a bay, so if he was swept out, it would be a good seventy, eighty miles before he hit another island. Um. As a small I mean, this island. was 60 years ago at the end of the day. 60 yeah. years is a long, long time. Yeah. So. But. So, yeah. yeah. That's the conspiracy. The Australian Prime Minister probably has drowned and really, really, really unlikely was taken by Chinese scuba divers to a submarine to go and live in China. <laughs> yeah, with his lover. I think. With his lover. Well, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Good conspiracy. Bit different that week. Thank you. But, but in this final section, you know I love a couple of would-you-rathers. It's becoming a staple now, right? Yeah. Because I can normally get a couple of things to talk about, right? Because some things I'll be like, oh, we should talk about this because it's been preying on my mind. Or this has happened, we should talk about this. But would-you-rathers, yeah. I just feel like, are quite good for for just kind of talking about broad topics. Yeah. So the first would you rather has something to do with the ocean, to be fair. It's would you rather explore the ocean or explore space? See, that that's a difficult one because you're looking at two different scenarios there. Like with the ocean, we don't know what's in, I think it's something like three quarters of the ocean. It's still yeah, unexplored. it's something ridiculous like eighty percent. We have no idea or something yeah. nuts. And of course, we see all these films uh, like The Meg, uh, where they went so far uh, under the ocean that they discovered sort of, uh, I think it's sort of a membrane uh, keeping ancient sea creatures uh, alive in different conditions. Um. And of course, you see things like that, and you do wonder because there are like depth of depths of the ocean that are that deep um, that just haven't been uh, explored. And so you do think, well, could that be real? It would be nice to explore that. And you have to think with space; it's so vast, and there's so many different things. Like people say, um, like they found a planet similar to Earth. Well, if you think space is... It's hard to imagine how big space is because no one really knows. No, it is. But, and it's it's in it always expanding. Well, see, that, again, no one really knows. It 
could just stop at some point. Um, it could be ever expanding. If it is ever expanding, can something truly ever be ever expanding? But then if it stops, what's after that? What happens when you get to the edge of space? Yeah, so that alone is interesting on its own. Finding other life, that because there has to be other life out there. Yeah, when, I think you can say there won't be green, with on down. Yeah, there won't be green people and little discs that fly to Area 51. But I mean, isn't there already bacteria on the moon and places like this? Yeah. I'm like, so it, it's, comp- it's not that far-fetched to think that there were some form of life somewhere. No, no. Um, it's a, I, see, I don't know what I would do is the thing. Because they are both really good ideas. I, I think pers- I think space is a, a bit daunting. Because if you think of the time scales involved, if you're thinking realistically, to explore further than the solar system alone would take many years. I think isn't it to explore like to get to Mars takes many years already. I think they worked it out or something to get to Mars would take close to a year or something and i think it depends what the logistics of it are is it explore space like like with advanced technology yeah same same with the ocean is is it does it take me a year to get to mars or am i in like the tardis from doctor who and i can get there instantly yeah because i think even if you think of even if you take films as a so is a weird way to say but a scientific example Think of the what was it passengers, uh, with who's it, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I think was in it. Their yeah. way of getting to the next planet, which was supposed to be Earth's next planet, was they put in cryostasis. So even going on that, it's not they can fl- in the future they can fly there with some next level technology. Even they've admitted, well, yeah, it's going to take a while. We'll just do cryostasis. Um, so I, I think no matter how much you want to say, well, we'll do this with some future technology, there's a limit that future technology is going to stop at. True. And I, I think... Uh, I, think I, I, I think I prefer space because I just... Have found it. I, I'm quite scared. The ocean does terrify me sometimes, right? Yeah. More space is daunting. Don't get me wrong, because it's so vast. But uh, the ocean scares me, right? Going underwater is quite a daunting thing as well. It's the silence of it that really gets me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I think the thing is with space, you've got a vague idea of what's out there. Like you kind of get, it's a lot of openness in some planets, some stars. With the ocean, you don't really know what's there, and the more you explore, like we spoke about these conspiracy theories where boats have disappeared and planes have crashed. Being able to explore that, you could actually try and find them. So there would be a chance to actually learn what happened to them, um, and like actually go deep, deep ocean to find new. Um, species and of course eventually exploring space you would find species like that but I think if you go realistically 
I think I'd do the ocean. If you yeah, if you in... go realistically, I think it's more plausible to do the ocean. But if you go in, uh, like big, big on your sci-fi, I think I'd prefer space. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I can agree with you on that. Bam, nailed it. The <laughs> the next one is interesting. It's would you rather be four foot five inches or seven foot seven inches? Well, I'm six foot three, so I'm about. I'm almost halfway in between. I think you're probably close to halfway in between. Yeah, five foot ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, I struggle to buy clothes anyway. Because, like, I've, my arms are quite long, and I quite like longer sleeves. So, like, trying to find clothes... I, I'm, I'm not the smallest build, admittedly. To try and find clothes that fit me well is a challenge. Um... But then again, what was the other height? Four foot three? Four foot five. See, that's really small. Yeah, that's, I think I'd be. Re- I'd much rather be really tall than really small. I, I just think being really tall would be more helpful. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's probably... Hint- uh, well, it depends, actually, because there, aren't there some people that are that tall that really struggle to stand on their... Like, with their own weight? Some of... Stuff like that. There are some, yeah. Um, uh, but I think, in the end... I- I'd rather be tall than small. I suppose. It, don't you shrink when you get older? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think seven foot seven is probably better than four foot five. Yeah. Although both are pretty undesirable. I'm quite happy being in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the same. The next one's kind of similar in... Well, it's not really. It's, would you rather have a fam? So you're a bloke, right? And yeah. you have kids. You either have twelve kids or you have no kids. No kids. Do you just think twelve kids would be too much? No, I don't want kids anyway. Oh, well, that, yeah. The point lets me ask you. Because <laughs> I, I obviously, I think about this a lot. I change my mind between whether I want kids or not because part of me. I was reading this psych- psychological thing about how some dads have a like a, a son and name him after themselves so they get like an immortality complex. Yeah. So you're what Harry too, you're my child, I'm gonna live forever. Right? But I think twelve kids is an extortionate amount of children. I'd and I don't think I think it'd be difficult for me to support twelve kids as well. I think it'd be difficult for me to support one kid, never mind 12. I think so, it's difficult for you to support yourself at the minute. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, is it actually, is it not be the nicest to give kids a, a poorer quality? Like, you know what, I'm, what am I trying to say? Like, if I can't support 12 kids, then they're having a worse quality of life because of that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from with that. So is it actually... I don't know what what better, fairer for me to have no kids. But I yeah. think I'll probably side with you on the no kids as well. Yeah. But we often talk about, I don't know, vehicles, right? And stuff like this. But in terms of, I don't really go on the bus that much. I, I go on the train a bit. How are you for buses and trains? Uh, since I've been able to drive, not as much. Uh, since we started drinking in love for quite a lot, I get the bus because... Like it goes from outside my house, it's twenty four seven. 
Um, so it's quite see, easy. See, normally I have to get an Uber because the, the bus has finished quite early. Yeah, um, but I mean, for me, it's quite easy to go in and out on the bus. So that, that's not too much a problem for me. Trains, uh, I don't use as much now. Now I can drive um, just because it's very expensive and I can quite easy just, I'm quite happy driving long distances. Um, but yeah, so not as much anymore. So the would you rather is, if you were to be stuck on one, train. which one would you rather train. be stuck on? 100% train. On the grounds that... Well, do you just... I like trains. I don't like buses. It, and I think it depends what it means by stuck on as well. Trains are usually very as well. Yeah. It's very ambiguous what it means by being stuck on. Like, does it mean you're... You're in a crash and you're stuck in it, or does it mean you're in a tunnel and it's collapsed and you can't leave that certain thing, or does it kind of mean that the doors have locked and you can't get out for I don't know a couple hours? Well, see, in any of those scenarios, trains usually have refreshments on. They yeah, they have refreshments. They're bigger. The people on them are usually friendlier. There's more leg space. There's space, more space to like sleep if you had to sleep. Yeah, and. Um, there's like just it's just nicer they're not usually I think buses are I think buses are brill in that they they're like quick and easy to use basically you go on a bus 10 minutes 15 minutes later whatever you're at your place whereas trains have to be this bit more luxurious because you're on it for longer yeah I think the big thing there is the difference between a bus and a coach if it was a coach it might be different but with a bus, you're looking, you're probably going A to B mostly direct. A train, you're looking going A-ish to B-ish, but it'll be a long distance. Yeah, it might take you two hours on a train. It might take you five minutes, ten minutes on, on a bus. Yeah. yeah. So the bus is less likely to be less comfortable. So I agree with you there as well. I'd rather be stuck on a train. Yeah. And the last one is to do. With, would you rather own your own boat or your own plane? And I think this is under the assumption that you can drive or pilot both of them. Um, I oh, that's a difficult one. I think I'd go boat. So I also think I'd go boat. For the reason you can live on a boat, you can't really live on a plane. And I think it's... I think the big question would be kind of what type of boat, what type of plane, but I think it's basically any boat and any plane you want. Yeah. And I think having a plane would be really useful, but in the 21st century, I think planes use a lot of fuel, don't they? Yeah, they do. And they make a lot of... I I just think it'd be more practical to have a boat. Like you say, you can live on a boat. And if you had like a yacht and you had all of your mates and you were just... you. I just think it'd be better, you know. I feel like plane's quite conditional because with a plane you have to want to go somewhere, whereas with a boat you can go on holiday literally on the boat to the boat. You can't yeah. do that with a plane. Yeah, and I think there are more long-term costs involved with a plane than there would be with a boat. And I also think it'd probably be different if you had a private jet, but I'm really not a fan of plane food. I've, I've never had food on a plane other I've than never like the really... small pots of Pringles. Yeah, the small pots of Pringles rule, other than being, costs you like an arm and half of your soul for them. Yeah. But, but 
I don't know what it is about plain food. I'm just not really a fan of it. Whereas I think on a on a boat, you probably have your own kitchen, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, yes, you'd have to make your own food, but it's you can make whatever you want. You could even make like I don't know a nice fish, some bread, some like Mediterranean style food whilst you're in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Whereas I wouldn't want to make I don't know Atlantic food on top of a plane over the Atlantic. You wouldn't. Just, just, you wouldn't really want to cook anything that smells on a plane because you'll be able to smell it whilst you're on the plane. Yeah, you can't exactly air out a plane. No. Can you? <laughs> not mid-flight. You just open a window. It's not <laughs> how it works. <laughs> yeah. But on a boat, and I, I don't know, boats nowadays. If you were talking about whatever boat you could want, you could get like super yachts and ridiculous boats that are extortionate prices and they're so, so large. They're like 200 feet long. Yeah, they're ones that, like, I know Philip Green, the guy who ruined half the UK high street. Um, I think his boat has something like 40 step on it. That's ridiculous. And they have helipad. And I've seen such big boats that they have like. A, a million pound yacht is the small boat that fits inside the super yacht. Yeah, or they'll have like and then within, a three million within pound that, helicopter on the top as well. Yeah, and then they've got a helicopter on the top and they've got some jet skis on the side and then they've got like a, an infinity pool on a boat. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what? And they have a hot tub on and it's just like this portable luxury mansion that you can take with you. Yeah, whereas a plane's a bit more restrictive. True, and even though private jets are probably lovely inside and lush, and to be honest, you probably could get a cook on a private plane, but like you, like we say, you have to be wanting to go somewhere yeah. on a plane. I feel like the plane is a really good transport if you're wanting to go long distance, right? But a boat can be a holiday in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, ex- on all of those, we'd explore the ocean practically, but explored space, I don't know, futuristically. Yeah. We'd rather be seven foot seven than four foot five. Yeah. We'd rather have no children than a family of twelve. Yeah. We'd rather be stuck on a train. Yeah. And we'd rather own our own boat. Yeah. Wow, we flew through them pretty, pretty well, actually. I think. Yeah, matching all of them as well. We did, which is sometimes rare. Like, I don't know. I, I was thinking about one of them. I listened to our podcast from last week with Ben. And I think I've changed my mind on one of them. It's the um, the true love of money one. Because my logic was that I didn't really believe in true love. So it'd be practical for me to take the money, right? Yeah. But in that scenario, I think it's implied that true love is actually a thing. Who have you met over the past week? I've, I've promised you I've met nobody over the past week. But my, log- my logic at the time was... True love doesn't exist, so therefore it's logical for me to take the money. But I think in that scenario, it implies that true love does exist. And therefore, if true love did exist, even though I don't think it probably does, if it actually did exist, it'd be better to take that. Because obviously, I don't know, love and happiness is worth more than money. Yeah. So so I think I've backtracked, and I agree with you now on that. But I think we'll wrap it up for this week. So this week we've spoken about, I don't know, go meeting up for the first time, West Brom doing well, the Euros, the Australian Prime Minister, and a bunch of would you rather's. Yeah. So <laughs> that's goodbye from me, Karen. And goodbye from me, Harry. <laughs>